0: Uh, You can't talk about communication and choosing, making good choices in communication without talking about what we're going to talk about today because one of the most important things in the whole area of communication is knowing when not to speak. Choosing not to speak because um, this little three-ounce piece of flesh that's in our tongue, uh, gets us in a lot of trouble. If Levi would never speak, he would never get in any trouble whatsoever. I've told him that time and time again. And one of the best things we can do to help us communicate better is to make appropriate choices on when not to speak. And we can't have a series on communication without talking about that really, really important part of it. The Bible says so much about shutting up. So much. And I won't have time. To, we've got a lot of verses up here today, but I won't have time to, to, to talk all that the Bible has to say about the wisdom of being able to hold your tongue. But we're going to talk about that a little bit today because you can't have a series on communication without talking about not speaking. got some verses up here, and let's just take a scroll through the book of Proverbs. This is the verse I used last week with the children. This is a ver- verse I try to beat into Levi's head. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongue. The translation that I memorized that verse in says, where words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. When words are many, sin is not absent. That's hard for someone who gets up and speaks 30 to 35 minutes every single week. But you know the truth of that. When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Another verse that we have up here, 1727 says, A man of knowledge uses words with restraint. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about that a, a wise man or a man uh, with a lot of wisdom talks a lot. Never does it say. It's that fact that says just the opposite. A man or a woman with knowledge uses words with restraint. And you think back through the people in your life that you really respected their wisdom or respect their wisdom. And there probably aren't people that just gab, 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 gab all the time. Because the truth of that proverb, that a man of knowledge uses words with restraint. What do we have up here next? He who guards his mouth and his tongue will keep himself from calamity. He who guards his mouth and his tongue will keep himself from calamity. What's next? Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Do you see a man who speaks in haste, who, who speaks without thinking, who, who, who wags his tongue before he engaged his brain? The Bible says there's more hope for a, a fool than for him. My dad used to quote a, something that's close to this all the time. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. You know the truth of that? And discerning if he holds his tongue. My dad used to say something like, it's like another proverb that says, and if I can remember to quote this right, um, uh, keep your mouth closed and be thought a fool. Open it and remove all doubt. (laughs) Right? Right? And I mean, I can give you examples in my life where I was totally, at that meeting, I was a fool. I knew nothing about, had nothing to contribute whatsoever. And if I opened my mouth, I would just prove to everyone that I was a fool in that, about that subject or that topic. So, so I kept my mouth shut, and they probably thought I was a fool, but they didn't know 100% sure. And they would have known 100% sure if I'd opened my mouth and tried to contribute something. It's like, I think I shared with you the little quote from somebody last week that says, um, some, people talk because they, uh, ha- some people talk because they have something to say and some people talk because they have to say something. Two completely different things. Fools have to say something. The Bible says, There is much, much wisdom in holding your tongue. Now, there's always a fine line here, gang. There is always a fine line because holding your tongue can also be a very cowardly thing to do. Because there are times when we need to speak up. And it's tough many times to know that difference. And I'm not smart enough to be able to to tell you the difference. And you just got to rely on the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. But there are times when I need to be quiet. And then there are times if by being quiet, I'm a coward. Martin Luther King said in the middle of the civil rights struggles of the 60s, said the only thing it takes for evil to succeed is for good people to stay silent. And how many of us in the 60s, good white folk, we kept silent? We're good people, but we did not have the courage to speak up. And I don't think that quote is probably, he probably got that from someone. He says, but the only thing it takes for evil to be able to succeed is for the good people to stay quiet. So there's a fine line here, gang, and I'll say that at the very, very start. Even though the Bible says there's much wisdom in being quiet, you and I know there's a line we need to walk. And yes, there absolutely is wisdom in, 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 in staying silent, but there are times when staying silent is cowardly. And staying silent is absolutely the worst thing that I can do in that situation. Now, why is it that I would want to stay silent? Why is there wisdom in, in that? Well, one of the reasons that I want to stay silent is, is, is to allow anger to be able to pass. Because I found out in my life, when I'm angry, I don't say two brilliant things. You know, the old secular way they told you to do that was to count to ten. But I found out when, when, when I get emotional that my brain is not engaged 100%. And I have to be able to wait until my emotions settle down, and then something maybe a little more intelligent may come out of my mouth. I think there's a couple of What do I have up here for verses next? A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Overlooking an insult is kind of holding your tongue. A a fool shows his annoyance at once but a prudent man can be able to turn the other cheek. A prudent man can be able to overlook an insult. What do we have here? A fool gives full vent, full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Why Why? why is there some biblical admonitions to us to, to, to hold our tongue? And one thing is so that we can let anger pass. Isn't it interesting the Scripture says, a fool gives full vent. Full vent. doesn't say a fool gives vent. The anger that wells up inside of us, and, and, and remember the Bible says anger is not sin, it's the way we display our anger, could be sinful or not. But a fool gives full vent. Always saying that, that a spirit-led person is a person that is under control. And even though that anger maybe has to come out and give vent in some way, it's not full vent. And there's a big, big difference. When I give full vent, it's an emotional thing when my emotions are out of control. As, as a basketball coach, if I was in a practice session and I wanted to display some anger to a to a. To a player, because of lack of effort or something, it had to be a absolutely a planned thing. It could not be that I was just mad, because if I was mad, I'd just be spitting and making all kinds of nonsense. But anger is only helpful in situations where I'm under control. Anger is only helpful with your children when 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 you are so when you're so when you're so disappointed in your child or. Or when they've done something for the 100th time that you told them 100 times now not to do, that anger can be calculated. And it, you can give vent to that, but it cannot be an emotional thing. And, and it's, it's, it's good that they can see sometimes that this is a serious issue with you and, and, and makes you have angry eyebrows like we talked about last week. But full vent to anger is two completely different things. Why is there wisdom in holding your tongue? One is so that anger could pass because we don't usually say very intelligent things when we're angry. What else do we have up here? One of the, thing, one of the reasons you stay silent and hold your tongue is so that you can be able to, to think before you can speak many times. And sometimes the thinking before you're speaking is being able to listen to in instruction. Thinking before you, you speak. Many times my mouth, as I've said, my mouth is in talking before my brain is engaged. So we can think before we speak. And we can calculate what we need to be able to say. Friends, there is much, much wisdom in choosing not to speak. And, and at 54 years of age, there's, it's still a lesson that I'm learning, even this week, that there's much wisdom in choosing not to speak. Now, we live in a day and an age where, where transparency is, is a value for most of us more than it's ever been before. It used to be you kept things within the family, and, and you didn't tell things. You didn't go on afternoon talk shows and air out all your dirty laundry. And there's 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 a certain there's a certain good value to being honest and open and transparent. That that that's good, but there's also there's also wisdom in choosing what not to say. There's also wisdom in choosing what not to say. And my wife had in a situation this week had to remind me of just that instance. It's good to be open and honest and and lay lay yourself out there and be real, but there's also a time or you need to be wise and prudent and you choose what not to say why is it that I hold my tongue so I can let anger to pass why is it that I hold my tongue so I can think before I speak why is it that I hold my tongue so I can do one of the best things in the whole world and that's to listen and that's to listen I read a quote this week on listening, and I can't remember who wrote it. It's not original, so don't think I'm real smart that I thought this up. Listening is not loving, but it's pretty close. It's pretty good. Listening is not loving, but it's pretty close. One of the best reasons for me to shut my big mouth Is so I can listen to other people. One of the most respectful things that we can do for each other is to listen to one another. One of the most respectful things that we can do for one another is to listen. Not not to hear, all right? Hearing and listening are two different things, hearing is passive listening is a choice some of you right now are hearing me because your ears work and my vocal cords work so you're hearing me you may not be listening to me hearing is passive if our ears work but listening is a choice and it's a choice to love and it's a choice to be respectful Just like listening is one of the most respectful things that I can be able to do to you, is there anything, is there anything more disrespectful that if I don't listen to you and you don't listen to me? Is there anything more disrespectful than if I don't listen to you and you don't listen to me? Let me tell you, I'm, I'm learning on this stuff because, you know, I'm not a good listener because i got lots of important things to say, you know what I mean? And uh, there's no sense in me really listening because I know what Sue's going to say, so I'll just finish the sentence for her <laughs> and save us both a little time. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good at this at all. And some of it is my p- impatience. And, and that's not a good, and that's not a Christian part of me. To listen may not be loving, but it's pretty close. The Bible says a lot about listening. Stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. What else do we have? Who answers before listening? That is his folly. And that is his shame. Next, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. You get that picture there. The way of a fool seems right to him. It's it's one that just, just, well, I had peace about it. Well, okay, that's cool. Did you talk to other people about that? But I found out sometimes the reason I don't want to talk to other people is because they may not agree with what I'm thinking. The way of a fool seems right to him, seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. What else do we have? For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. There is safety in a multitude of counselors, the old translations say. There is safety in a multitude of counselors. being able to seek out a multitude of counselors not only is there wisdom in that but there's a good bit of humility in that two really good Christian virtues to have for me to be able to seek out counselors I have to be humble enough to realize that I don't know everything myself and I could make the wrong decision there's safety in a multitude of counselors what else do we have? I've, I've shared this with you several times before. And, and, the, and this, this is the thing that convicts me all the time because I'm listening just so I can get to say what I want to say. And some of you all are right there with me. You know, sometimes I think a conversation is like a vocal competition for who can be able to jump in when the other one breathes, you know. Ah. Uh, Am I listening with the intent of listening? Or do I listen with the intent of talking? And I've shared that with you in a lot of different ways, but it's absolutely one of the best quotes I've ever heard on listening. Do I listen with nothing on my agenda other than listening to you? Or do I listen so I can respond? I think if I listen to listen, that's what that guy said when it's kind of close to love. I listen to listen. Um, I think we have a quote. Stephen Covey wrote this, Seven Habits for Highly Accessible People and Habit Number 5. He wrote a book and and said, I'm going to give him seven habits of successful people and and habit number five is listening. Seek first to understand. Habit number five is just listening. As he researched hundreds of people, he took a whole chapter of this book and it's basically listening. I seek first to understand, then to be understood. And that that just seems, I don't know, y'all, but that just seems Christian to me. And I'll be honest with you, Stephen Covey's a Mormon, okay? But that seems awful evangelical, Bible-believing Christian to me. That I would seek first, wow, what would that do to your marriages? What would that do to your relationship with your teenage children? Oh, yeah, your teenage children need to understand us. Yeah, there's some things they need to hear. and Yeah, but do they hear them better once we've heard them? Habit number five of the seven habits of highly successful people is seek first. Seek first. To understand, then to be understood. I, I've shared this story, and it's 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 true, and it just convicts me. You know, our kids are young, and they come and they want to tell us something that is just so exciting to them, and so boring to us, and they just are so marvelled at the new. Lego something or the new Star Wars something or the new VeggieTales something and they go on and on and on and on about it. And our patience wears a little thin. But I wonder if I won't listen to his Star Wars story when he's 7. Will he come to me with the really important stories when he's 17? Will I will I have taught him by not listening to the Star Wars story and the new Lego creation story. and Well, I've taught him that I'm too busy for him or Dad's not interested in what he's interested in. So maybe when he comes to me about this whatever at 17, or maybe he won't come to me at 17. One of the best things that we can be able to do by holding our tongue... Yeah, it's great to let anger pass. That's great. It's great to think before you speak. All that's wonderful. One of the best things is to listen. Is to listen. It's not love, but it's pretty close. It's extremely respectful. What else do we have? Let me just give you, you know, I don't, I don't have scripture for these, but it's just some things I've learned. I wish, I wish there were some things that I say I always put into practice. This is something Sue and I have learned. And basically, she had to learn it because I'm a lousy listener, and and it forced her to learn this. But there are times I'm ready to listen, and there are times I'm not. There are times it's easy for me to listen, and then there are times that it's not. And, And we have learned in our house that... We each can talk to one another and say, I've got something to tell you. Can you hear it? Can you listen now? And maybe Sue is in the middle of something and she really can't get it now or she's just she's stressed about something and she says, no, I've got to take care of this first. I've got to pay this bill first. I've got to take care of this first. And then vice versa for me. One of the best ways we can make MS equal MR that if if the person we're, we're talking to is not really ready to listen, is for us to shut up and talk to them at a time when they're more engaged and more ready to listen. Well, you just ought to be selfless enough. Well, maybe so. Okay? But even my sweet little saint of a wife, if she's in the middle of paying bills, is probably not the best time for me to talk to her about something because her mind is engaged in the legal pad that's in front of her can we be honest enough in our families to say hey if you give me 10 minutes i'll be done with this and i'll have your undivided attention what else about listening when i listen to something someone i'm saying you're important to me now you can you can flip that around too when i don't listen If I really listen to you, I'm saying you are important to me. When I listen to my boys, I'm saying you are important to me. One of the reasons to shut up and not talk is is to listen so other people feel value. Now, I don't have a scripture to go for that, but that it, it just seems to be very Christian to me. I, I I don't, you know. There's not anything in the Gospels about Jesus. I don't think there's anything in the Gospels about Jesus listening. But, man, I just I just picture him as a really good listener. <laughs> Even though he was a man that the, the crowd said about him, no one ever spoke like this man. I, I, I picture him as one, when you went to him, to say something to him, I, I picture him as one that you had his undivided attention. And by his gaze and his look at you, you felt like the most important person in the world at that moment. I, I don't know that. I'm speculating that. But I'm telling you, that's what listening does. I'm telling you, that's what listening does. It's a form of acknowledgement. It's a form of saying the world doesn't revolve around me. It's treating other people like you want to be treated yourself. It's it's loving your neighbor as you love yourself. It's the second part of the greatest commandment. It's all very Christian, even though I can't put a scripture up there for you. Why do I hold my tongue so I can listen? Because listen is a way to say you are important to me. And there's been many times I know that I have been busy and by my body language and the fact that I didn't give someone their undivided, my undivided attention at that time, I probably communicated just the opposite, not in an intentional way. And we've all done that. And that's why it may be one of the most polite things to say that if you're not ready to listen, can you say, can you give me 10 minutes and come back? Because in 10 minutes, you'll be the most important thing in the world. <laughs> and I'll listen to you. What else do I have? Listening builds stronger relationships. It creates a desire to cooperate among people because they feel accepted and acknowledged. They may not totally feel agreed with, You may not agree with them. Because listening, hear me, listening doesn't mean that I agree with you. (laughs) You listening to me doesn't mean you agree with me. And we may listen really, really well to each other and we both may come out on different ends of the spectrum. But it creates better relationships because we've respected one another. We've heard one another. We've tried to hear one another. We've made the choice. We've worked at it. And I just haven't tossed you away. I've accepted what your opinion is, even though I don't agree with it. And it builds stronger relationships. It builds stronger relationships with husbands and wives. It builds stronger relationships with fathers and sons and daughters and mothers and Republicans and Democrats and Baptists and Nazarenes. I mean, if you just listen to one another, you don't have to agree I've had sometimes some people have gotten upset with me because that you said you didn't listen to me. Yeah, I listened to you. I just didn't agree with you. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Or vice versa. You didn't agree with me. What else do we have? Oh man, I tell this from a selfish way. If I want you to hear me just let's just be selfish for a second okay i want to be heard okay and one of the best ways for me to be heard is to listen to you because we're kind of tit for tat kind of people aren't we (laughs) you know you do this for me and i'll do this for you and, and and if i listen to you then you're more likely to be able to listen to me if i give you the compliment of listening to you you're more likely to return that compliment so if you have something really really important to say and vital to say to your spouse or your kid or whoever it is, something really really important to be able to say listen to them first. Because we're just kind of people that we kind of we kind of give back what we receive for most of us, not every single one of us. What else do I have? Listening creates acceptance and openness. It, say, it says, I'm not judging you. I may not agree with you. I may not agree with you. But it's, it's one great way to be able to practice the biblical admonition in Romans 14 to accept one another. Because when I listen to you, I'm, I'm, I'm accepting your opinion. I may not agree with it. I may not agree with your stand on that issue. But I accept it. And I don't disrespect you, but just say, I don't need to hear that. I've heard that before. That's the most disrespectful. I'm I'm, I'm judging you. I'm not accepting you. It conveys acceptance and openness. Do I have something else? Listening reduces stress and tension. Listen. (laughs) The home, the workplace, there's much confusion because we don't listen to one another there's there's so much misunderstanding because we don't listen to one another and all that confusion and misunderstanding it makes stress and tension and, and if i will listen to sue she will be less frustrated by me when i remember something that she's told me because uh, i really listened to her and didn't just hear her as I had one eye on the ball game and one ear on her. I think I have one more. Let me tell you, friends. Much conflict comes from the need to be heard. I've found i found that if, if you will listen and so people feel like they've been heard, even though I may not agree with them or may not end up doing what they want me to do, the conflict level will lessen because I've listened to them. Thus, I've respected them. Thus, I've treated them like they would like to be treated. I just wonder how much conflict can be avoided if we truly, truly will listen to one another and respect one another enough and love one another enough and treat one another like Jesus would treat us by listening to one another. This MS Equal MR business is a two-way street. I've said to you that the weight of the message falls on the sender, and I still believe that, that the sender must make it easy to be to be heard and to be received. Yes, yes, and yes. But that does not absolve the receiver from responsibility. And, this, and as I close, may I, may I, just, may I just remind you that, that, that listening is active. I have to do something to listen. I have to make eye contact with you to listen. I have to, I have to really engage myself to listen. I have to stop my eyes wandering around and looking at other places and look right here to you. It's hard to listen. That's why we don't do it. Do you realize that I can listen? The researchers have found out I can listen five times more wor- words Than you can speak at a time. I can listen much, much, much faster and process much, much faster than you can speak words. So that's why our minds drift. Our minds drift because we can listen so much faster than people can talk. And so our minds drift. And when my mind drifts and I find myself looking another way or I find myself pulling out my cell phone or whatever it's going to be, that's when I've got to work at listening and bring myself back because how disrespectful it is for someone to be talking to me and my eyes going this way or that way. You've all been there. Listening is hard because it's active. It takes, it, takes, it takes a choice. You're talking to me I'm sitting here listening to you. Uh Uh-huh. Or you're talking to me. And I guarantee you, every conversation where there's listening going on, there won't be slouch back in the chair. (laughs) They'll be sitting straight up, and probably they'll even be a little lean forward. That goes back to the body language of last week. Because this does not say that I'm really engaged in what you're saying. (laughs) Gang, I've tried to tell you that the Bible says um, there is much, much wisdom in being quiet. There's much, much wisdom in holding your tongue. And the Holy Spirit is prompting me and prompting every one of you of this truth, and we know this. But it's hard because we're self-centered people, and we want to say something. I want to get my point across. And there's probably a time for that. But it's much easier for me to get my point across once I've tried to receive your point. I think that's common sense. and You can take the whole Christian thing out of it. I think it sounds as common sense to me. I think every relationship you have will, will be much better if you listen with the intent of listening. If you listen with the intent of listening, not with the intent of responding. I think that's a Jesus thing to do. Let's pray. Father, if most of us are lousy listeners, and I would put myself right at the top of that list, and I've got to remind myself to listen, and I have got to fully engage, and I've got to try to not be disrespectful and understand that when I don't listen, I am being disrespectful. Would you remind us all of this and make us really work at listening? 'Cause I think there are so there are so many benefits to that besides it just feels really Christian. So Father, would you would you help us as we choose our words carefully and we're conscious of our body language and we choose words at the right time and that they're fitting as we talked in the first week, but May we also remember that there's another important choice, and that's the choice to be quiet, the choice to hold our tongue. And, Father, help us to know the difference between being quiet and being a coward. And, Father, I don't know how to teach that. And I'm not sure I know any tips to give anyone, but we depend on your Holy Spirit to prompt us to speak when we need to speak, to speak up when something must be said and then to prompt us at the times to do just the opposite. And I don't think we can make that decision, those decisions, I don't think we can balance that tightrope without the leading of your Holy Spirit. So I pray that you'd help us with that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning is the first Sunday of the month, and our compassionate ministry box is out here, and every single dollar that goes in here will go today to something a little different. We had uh, a family came to me last week. The friends of theirs lived in Cedarville, were moving to Xenia, but they lost their entire home in Cedarville. Burned to the ground, lost all their pets. They, have, they took everything, and she wanted to know: if there's it's not a person that goes to our church? And you know, I don't know this family that has lost everything, but the, obviously they're friends from a couple in our church. And say, so is there anything that the church can do for them? And I said, Hey, we got the first Sunday of the month coming up, and every single bit of this, uh, we will write a check to that family to be able to help them through this time. I think that sounds, I don't know this family, but I think that sounds like a Christian thing to do. And if the situation was in reverse, and I lost everything, and I received a a check from a church that I didn't attend, or maybe I didn't even attend church, and I received a check from that church, um, my heart would be touched, and maybe touched enough to acknowledge that God is working Maybe I would need to listen to him a little bit. I think it's a good thing. So, not only do we receive our regular tithes and offerings this morning, uh, everything that goes into this box will go straight to that family uh, in Cedarville that's really lost uh, everything. Okay? Let me call our ushers to the front, please. Lord, I um, pray now that you would be able to take these uh, gifts that we understand to be tithes and offerings. And I pray that you take them that you would multiply them, that you would use them to further your kingdom in Xenia and around the world. In Jesus' name, amen.